Have you ever wondered what are the most counterfeited products in the world? Designer handbags, perfume, iPhones? We're here today with special guest Jane Durden to discuss the answer to this question. And the answer might surprise you, maybe even scare you. This is Stuff You Should Know About IP. Today's episode of Stuff You Should Know About IP is brought to you by the Trademark Lawyer Magazine. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on in the world of IP and trademarks, go to www.trademarklawyermagazine.com. Each issue is free to read for up to eight weeks. That's trademarklawyermagazine.com for global news in the world of trademarks. All right, Tom, Jane, let's talk about <laughs> counterfeited goods. All right, so Jane, just to warn you now, we have millions of people watching, okay? Millions, not, not dozens, millions. And to date, you are our greatest counterfeit expert. Like, you know more than Tom and Ray combined. So help us with Ray's really interesting question about what, what are the most counterfeited goods? What are counterfeited goods? Let's start there. Excellent. So counterfeited goods are goods that don't come from the place that you think they come from. So Ray was right. You're most likely to think of this as the knockoff Louis Vuitton purses or a pair of Nikes sold on the side of the street. They're shoes or handbags that don't come, surprise, surprise, from Louis Vuitton or from Nike. And they are everywhere. I bet that you've got something counterfeit sitting in the room that you're sitting in right now. Well, but, but here's the thing though, Jane, because you said that they're not from the place you think they're from, yep. but trademark infringement is all about tricking people into buying stuff that they think is from a different source. So, so how does trademark infringement differ from counterfeits? Excellent question. So when you've got trademark infringement, you've got a similar identical or confusingly similar mark that's being used. So instead of Nike, you've got Nike or something that looks or sounds similar, right? Oh my God, you know I have Nike sneakers. You do. So they're fake. Yeah. I have Nike sneakers. I thought they were real. I well, thought original, it was a new Nike brand. They're original Nikos, but you know, they're probably <laughs> right. a little cheaper. Yeah. yeah, they were. Yeah, it's funny. They were only $12 and I thought it was it's weird. Amazing. Yeah. I got some friends who can help you out there. So. Often counterfeit goods actually have the identical brand on them. You know, if you walk down the street in the market and you pick up a pair of Nikes, they're going to have the swoosh on them. They probably got Nike on them, but something's not going to be quite right. But the, here's the issue. Put a pair of not Nikes on and walk down the street and probably the worst that can happen to you is you get a sore foot, they fall apart, um, you get a bit embarrassed when someone goes, they're not real. Right. That's not a problem. But actually, the problem with counterfeits is massive when you look at what's happening in the background. Now, the FBI and a number of other uh, areas of our government are really, really interested in counterfeits. So counterfeit goods account for a huge amount of laundered cash. So there's a huge link between sales of counterfeit fake Nikes and organized crime. So that's well, you said problem. laundered. You said laundered cash, money laundering, laundered. right? Yeah. Yes. So people are money trying laundered. to take dirty money that they got from selling that's drugs right. or something and put it into the system somehow so that they could use it to get mortgages and in their bank accounts and everything. So yeah. you're saying these these counterfeit products are actually used also as a, a, a vehicle for money laundering. 
That's right. So, and you certainly see there's a huge link that um, you know, the FBI and other, other branches of the government are really interested in because of the link, yes, to drugs and other areas of organised crime. So that's, a, that's an area of direct harm. So already we've got, you know, you haven't got what you paid for. Um, there's this link to organised crime, but there's sore something... Feet, sore feet. Sore we feet. Got sore yeah. feet right? We got sore feet, right? So them. you didn't get what you paid for. We're laundering money. My feet are killing because of these <laughs> Nikes, which, by the way, makes me think Nikes aren't good. Right, because Precisely. I thought I had legitimate Nikes and my feet are sore. And I'm like, why does everyone pay so much for these? Poor Tom, poor Nike, right? Yeah, so I'm so diminishing, the brand is being diminished. Exactly. So you can see why in this case, look, everyone wants to go and take action, but ah, look, what's the harm, right? But you don't want to know the answer to the number one counterfeited good? Did we build it up enough? No, 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 we, we, we oh yes, we, yeah, no, no, we absolutely did. We want to know the number one, counterfeited good go ahead so it's it's not sexy it's actually just plain scary the number one counterfeit group of goods in the world are airplane and vehicle replacement parts so what does that mean that means you take your car down to go and go and get repaired and they put in what should be a bosch who's in my what's it underneath your hood until i work on cars yeah. And it's not real. I thought that was a real replacement part. Uh, who's in a Watson? Yeah. Look, I do know about I do know about brake drums and things like that, though, and that's what you're seeing in the marketplace. So again, in a vehicle, you've got massive potential for harm. But did I also say airplane replacement parts? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Terrifying. So that's absolutely petrifying, right? So we've got yeah. these counterfeit parts going around in the marketplace above our heads in very large, very, very dangerous vehicles. It's so I'm careening down the hill, mm -hmm. I press on my brakes, and I don't realize there's counterfeit brake drums. That's right. So when I press on my brakes, they don't work. <laughs> yep. That's scary. But worse, more scary is when I'm in a plane, because in 2019, I think I was gone 89 nights. Most of those trips were on planes. So you're saying that the thing that keeps the plane up might be counterfeit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not casting any aspersions on any of our vehicle, uh, any of our airlines over here, um, but, but who knows, right? So the problem with counterfeits is good counterfeits are almost imperceivable from the original goods. Like there's actual science to, to detecting counterfeit goods. It comes down to sometimes the products are nearly identical and it's only the packaging and the way the glue spots are put on that alerts people to the fact that these are not real. That's how clever counterfeiters have got. But at the end of the day, if they're not the real products, A, there's harm that it might break, but B, Tom, if something did happen, you're really stuck because here, okay, we, we won't put you in a plane. We'll put you back on a, we'll put you on a tiny moped just so that okay. the accident doesn't hurt you. Yeah. You're, mo you're mopeding. Down the, right. down, down the street. Not, by the way, that I've ever driven a moped. I but go ahead. Let's just imagine <laughs> in some parallel universe where I was a lot less manly, I was on a moped. Okay? Oh, man. I, don't want you to, I don't want you to get hurt in this scenario. So I'm giving <laughs> okay. you a very low-velocity vehicle. Okay, You're okay. heading along, you put your hands on the brakes, and nothing happens. Now, you crash into... I don't know. What are you going to crash into? Tree. Crash a, tree. Into... a tree. No, no, no. You're going to crash into um, one of those big wobbly people outside a car. I want it soft. I want it soft. Yeah, right? yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause, I, cause, I, okay, gotcha. You caused some damage. So here's the problem, though. 
when you've got counterfeit goods in your car, you've got no form of recourse back to any original manufacturer. And so therefore, if you did get sued, you'd have problems all the way back because you don't have original parts in your car. And so the liability here in, in the United States with the way that things work with insurance, look, you'd be fine. You've got insurance and you only ran into a little soft wobbly man. Right. But you can see the problem both for consumers and for the general public. And, and we go on and we go on. Wait, so, but, but so um, one, thing, number, one, one thing that jumped out at me, Jane, you said that the products, these counterfeit products are, are identical sometimes except for the little glue spots and a little bit of the packaging, maybe. you don't mean that the guts of it are identical because that's the problem is that they're lesser parts and they're they're cheap, they're more cheaply made, right? Yeah, that's right. So counterfeit is a great, they'll make things out of different materials. So if your you know, car parts were supposed to be made out of steel, they make it out of something else and then make like them out bamboo. of a lower Exactly, or a lower grade and paint them silver. Right. Um, you, you don't know if the electronic um, elements are, are correctly made. You have no guarantee of quality. And remember, basics of trademarks, that your trademark is the designation of the quality and origin of goods and services. So right, yes. Origin of it, you knew that it came from Bosch or that it came from somewhere, and quality was you knew it came from them, and so therefore you've got some recourse that you understand how it was made and what it should, how it should behave. And an expectation of quality, right? You have Absolutely. an expectation of quality, which is now yep. God. So, so number one, we have the buyer is harmed because they bought something they didn't that wasn't real that they thought was real the the real brand owner is harmed because now somebody thinks that the Nike sneakers aren't good yep. but also the public is harmed because now you have moped drivers careening all around driving into those wiggly men right exactly so exactly. car I mean, dealers hate counterfeits <laughs> yeah car dealers absolutely hate counterfeits because they spend a lot of money on those wobbly men right Exactly. They don't want moped riders like Ray driving into them. No, but but hey, add don't on make to fun that. Of me my moped. <laughs> <laughs> You're rocking yours too. Add <laughs> on to that one more problem, right? So 10, 15 years ago, your moped breaks down. You hitch a ride and you go off down to your car manufacturer parts place and you buy one off the shelf. That's not how we buy about 90% of the things we buy. What do you do? You go on Amazon. You go online. You go and right. look for right and so now we've got a problem of you're not even able as a consumer to look at it and go that doesn't look quite right right you've got it right so what are you going to do um a few years ago i was um uh late for a meeting flew into san francisco realized that i'd left my toiletries bag on the seat in the airplane what did i do couldn't find anywhere else to go and do it i amazon uh primed myself a whole lot of things that I needed before my meeting. Turned up at my door really quickly, quick is great, but I picked up my Estee Lauder products and looked at them and was like, it's not like the package of the one that I have at home. That's funny. And then I smelt the product and was like, it's not what it normally smells like. I'd flown wow. into San Francisco and bought myself some counterfeit Estee Lauder products from Amazon. Wow, from Amazon. Exactly. And wow. so as, as, our, as our mechanisms of buying things as consumers are changing, we're losing a lot of those other protections that we would have actually had, right? Someone who sold it to me 
who looked at it and went, it doesn't look quite right, or me knowing that I've got to buy it from a proper store to make sure I'm more likely to get proper goods. And so we're losing that. And so you can imagine that there's actually even more harm at the moment. So tell me the number one time we buy things online in America. Pokemon cards. No. But you're jumping ahead, jumping ahead, you're jumping ahead. No, I'm just saying, you know, we've got Black Friday and whatever they oh, call yeah, it, yeah, online Monday, Monday, right? Yeah, Cyber yeah. Monday. And here's the deal. What are people most likely buying? They're buying toys for their kids for Christmas. Oh, yes. And so now you've got kids' toys sold online right. and deal. My favorite part, I didn't even tell you this beforehand. I went and had a look to look at what the federal government's doing. They're having a fine old time. A, they're they're really taking this problem seriously and they're enacting legislation and three pieces of legislation were passed between 2019 and 2020. And what I love about this is that Congress has got together and had a blast with naming the legislation. I kid you not, the legislation in order was the Santa Act of 2019, which is the Stop All Nefarious Toys in America Act Wow. Brilliant. But wait, Brilliant. But wait. Love it. By early 2020, we now have the more innocuous shop safe, which means shopping harmful offers on platforms by screening against fakes in e-commerce act. But not, <laughs> not finished. Not finished. They had a third go, which is called the Informed Consumers Act of 2020. And this was the final bit of protecting people online, which is the Integrity Notification and Fairness in Online Retail Marketplace Act. I mean, come on. Nice. That's creative. Great names. I, I love that it. person well. Yeah, okay, no, those are some good names. All right, so I already, I already spoiled one of your surprises. So let's talk about Pokemon. So Pokemon cards, I got some... Involved with Pokemon cards and counterfeits um, when I first came to the States. And uh, I worked with someone from uh, immigration, the former Immigration Enforcement Act. The senior special agents there are responsible for enforcing counterfeits and trademark infringement when imports are made. It's now Customs and Border Protection. And um, the agent that I was working with was working on two cases. And I was like, oh, this is great. We're protecting the world. Number one, <laughs> Pokemon cards. And again, I was kind of like, okay, what's, what's the harm? Well, doing a little bit of prep beforehand, I looked up and in October 2020, do you know who Logan Paul is from, the, from, from uh, YouTube? Uh, yeah, he's, he's one, of the, yeah. one of the top YouTubers. Yeah, yeah, and, YouTube. yeah. Yeah. He was duped out of um, $375,000 worth of Pokemon cards. He turned out that he'd bought Pokemon cards wow. that were fake. Now, Nice problem, wow. to right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 in other words, his entire batch was Mew and Mew Two. <laughs> <laughs> I only know that those are the two most powerful Pokemon because my kids used to play them all the time. And when I saw Mew the first time, I thought, "No, that's a cute little one-inch tall creature. That can't be dangerous." And they said, "No, Dad. No, Dad. Mew is the most powerful Pokemon until the genetically modified Mew Two, of course." There you go. You lost me at Pokemon, but um, it's obviously a big problem. I actually think I still have some of mine lying around somewhere. Well, hopefully they're legit and you didn't suffer from what that YouTuber had, $375,000 of bogus Pokemon. Yeah, if exactly. I'd have known that 
they're worth any thousands of dollars. I might have done a better job yeah. preserving them instead of stuffing them into a drawer. I think right. uh, Pokemon cards are the new Beanie Babies, although Beanie Babies are coming uh -huh. back, I think, or something. But um, look, the second case that he was working on was about um, golf gloves and golf balls. And again, you're like, eh, like, what's the difference? Well, yeah, you were saving the world, Jane. I know, we were saving the world one Pokemon and golf ball at a time. But um, look, in August of 2020, just last year, China um, actually seized $120,000 of golf products alone in one single go. So you can see the massive proliferation of this is just one seizure. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Just yeah, that is pretty incredible. Yeah. And, and wait, so, so they make, so golf balls, I used to golf a little tiny bit. And golf, can, so the problem with the, counterfeit golf balls is you're out there and you're getting ready to smack the ball you're normally i don't know ray you're probably a big hitter like 300 yards or something no way but, but it only goes like 180 and you're like wait what happened with my 300 yard hit now i have an excuse don't blame me exactly yeah, counterfeit golf balls yes yeah and you can even say oh those damn counterfeits they're killing me Yep. And then you're, yeah, so so right now, though, is U.S. Customs seizing all kinds of counterfeit products every day from our borders? Yeah, so Customs and Border Patrol, one of their remits is, is to enforce intellectual property. And you can see at certain times, especially when this really peaks, so we we're talking about at Super Bowl, huge time for counterfeit goods with um, counterfeit, you know, licensed hats and things like that coming in. But any brand <laughs> owner... Um, through their attorney as well, can go off and can seek to register their brand with CBP and have CBP enforce that. So what this means is that when the container ships come in, um, CBP can and will go and enforce your brand by doing checks of goods that are coming in to check against your brand to make sure that they look good. So the um, the golf club, the golf glove thing was handled that way. That was actually one of the first. So this is, you know, definitely 15 years ago. This was a group of the agents down on the docks with a copy of the mark and the brand and what it was supposed to look like going onto ships and then seizing that entire container until it could be checked. Now, why is this important? What it's important is it's stopping them getting into our economy. And it's making sure that those goods don't get there, which is actually really important. Stamping out people selling them on the side of the street, it's like whack-a-mole. You're just going to find right. another group picking them up. But what it also does is it gives the brand owner the evidence that they need to actually be able to start to take action. So they've got the specimen. They've actually got a documented seizure of the goods, and it's really good. And every time CBP does this kind of seizure, it does have an impact also by showing people that, we're serious. We will enforce intellectual property rights, and um, we we will disrupt the import of. Well, I'm, I'm guessing that they they have like some AI or something because there's got to be thousands of brands that are registered with customs, right? I just yeah, can't imagine a guy with a clipboard looking through. Oh wait, there was Pokemon on here. So I thought I saw Pokemon when I was <laughs> playing around with this earlier. There's got to be some kind of brains to this, right? 
Do you know, that's, that's a really good idea. We're working on something um, in my day job where we're looking at counterfeit enforcement and we've got an app that we've been doing. But I will say that I think one of the problems at the moment is there are so many brands. I mean, look at the yeah. number of trademarks filed every year. Oh my it's God, yeah. Problem, like I said, is just keeping up with that and for uh, law enforcement to be able to keep up with it is really, really difficult. Um, it must be I, hairy, right? I mean, you have, there are probably, because, you know, I'm a, I'm an intellectual property lawyer and I've registered products with customs and I assure, and I assure my clients, don't worry, I'm registering with, with customs, but I'm thinking to myself, there are thousands of brands. And back in the olden days, by the way, when I was doing this a lot in the nineties, before the emergence of the internet and all kinds of cool electronic stuff, they were probably just looking by hand, right? Absolutely. I, Tom, I was telling you, one of our first jobs in Australia, we were gone for the Olympic bid and I had to go down to the, the market in Melbourne, go buy hats was what they told me. We won everything with an Olympic logo on and of course they're there. Well, the trick was to go and take someone who in Melbourne at that time spoke Vietnamese because what we were trying to do was to buy it in the market, get somebody speak to the seller who could tell us where they bought it from. Can you imagine? Yeah, we're right. literally you know, right. gadgeting it sort of back yeah. along the supply chain. So you're exactly right. People are getting smarter. And I told you that we use um, you know, sort of forensic investigation types of, of mechanisms. There's a whole area of um, investigative services and investigators who do online searches and online um, yeah, forensic investigations using incredible mechanisms to actually get back into that supply chain and catch people before those things make it. So when I say CBP is going down to go and pick up um, you know, the shipping crates and containers, sometimes there is intelligence that you can get that shows that it's more likely that it'll be on that one than that one. And hey, we think something's coming in. Can you please do it? Yeah, and they have to know what they're looking for. That's right. And that's why they sent you down there with the baseball bat to slam the table and demand that they tell you when the next shipment was coming in, right? Um, it was it was a golf club for the golf ball. Oh, God, yes, yes, that's you're, right. You're this exactly way, right. So. That's right. Yeah, you used the driver though, right? Yeah, that's a I, I could I could imagine that scene, Jane. The, that was in your early days as a it lawyer. Was. You thought I'm not gonna be you thought when you went to law school, I probably won't be hitting anyone with a golf club at a flea market ever in my job. Uh, and your first day, you're down there beating people up with the golf, golf I did club. Come, I did come out thinking I should have done more golf in law school yeah, than, you know, right. sports and other things like that. But. Right, but so, so Jane, tell me, is there something even more dangerous that's highly counterfeited than yeah. aircraft parts and, and Pokemon? Yeah, look, so um, second, second most counterfeited uh, goods are pharmaceuticals. And we know this is a problem as people more increasingly are buying pharmaceuticals online. You know, we know that as pharmaceutical costs rise in the US, people are buying them from Canada and understandably, but the problem with that is massive, massive area of counterfeit. So I kind of glibly raised the question the other day of, you know, what are we going to do? We're in a time right now where I've got, thank Thank goodness for pharmaceutical developers and thank you, innovators, because right. we're, we're waiting for and so incredibly reliant on these COVID vaccines. And I sort of flippantly said to you the other day, what would happen, you know, if, if we had counterfeit COVID vaccines? Well, quick search of the Internet this morning showed that the World Health Organization has put out 
a warning that they think that counterfeit COVID vaccines are getting into the supply chain. Now, we're unlikely to get this in the United States because of the regulation and the, you know, the massive sophistication. But think about developing nations. Think about oh nations God. that need this and think that they're receiving it from one place and, and, and don't receive this. And look, the impact of that is actually on all of this, as we're finding out. So, you know. Wow. Like, yeah, that is, be, uh, no, that brings <laughs> it home. But, but that's, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about. I would say that probably brings it home better than any of the examples you've given are counterfeit COVID vaccines. Yeah. Could you imagine that? You get your shot, you feel secure, but all you got was just some sugar water. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's pretty scary. And Ray, on that terrifying note, yeah. I think this has been a great podcast. Yeah, Jane, I really appreciate, and, and we, we both on both of our behalves appreciate you coming here today and sharing this information about uh, counterfeited goods. And I'm a little unsettled. I'm not going to lie, but, um, but it's important that, the, that people know this. And um, so thank you so much. And for everyone who's watching, if you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to like comment and subscribe and importantly, share the podcast with your friends and we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks. Thanks.